Hi, and welcome to another episode of that podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Bo. How's it going this week, Bo? Oh, it's been going pretty good. Uh, fine. This is the first week that I've been back, like for a full week in probably two months. I've, I've been either on holiday or at back-to-back conferences, so it's feeling pretty nice uh, just to be back at home for a while uh, with no real plans for leaving anywhere for work-related purposes for like, I don't know, probably two months. I think uh, Laracon at the end of July is the next time I'm traveling for work. Oh, excellent. So that'll be nice uh, to have a little yeah. bit of a break. Yeah. Yeah, we had a bunch of times that we we had scheduled to have uh recordings, but they were either days that I was going to be leaving like an hour later, like my flight departed 2 hours after our recording slot or I was going to be like on the, you know, the exhibit hall in in uh Las Vegas or something. It just didn't really work out. So it's I think it's been almost almost 2 full months since uh, since the last time we posted a, an episode. Yeah, apologies for that, but you know, these things happen, don't they? Yep. Let's not dwell on it. Let's let's crack on. What you got to tell us? Uh, well, there's been some really cool stuff going on in the Symphony world lately. Um, uh, Fabian has started to blog about uh, things that's coming, things that are coming in Symphony Four, and he's actually kind of uh, letting people look more at what's going to happen with Symphony Flex. And I think Symphony Flex uh, repository is actually public now, so I think anybody can go in and try it out. Have you taken a look yet? I've not taken a look. I, I looked. I read the latest blog post on Medium. Um, mm-hmm. Those look pretty cool. Just can't clarify something for me, right? So, Symphony three point three. I think it got a beta release the other day. What what's what's three point three to four? What's the deal there? What? Um, you know, I'm actually not all that good at following along those things. I know that four. I think four is going to be released at the end of the year. So four right, is okay. actually uh, pretty soon. I think uh, three three is going to be released sometime in the next month or two, like the, okay. the stable. So three three, all this, all the cool stuff in three three is going to be available as stable very soon. Um, I mean, relatively soon if you're looking at you know many years since you know Symphony two two seven or two eight or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the, I'm really. I'm looking forward to the sort of opinionated packages mm-hmm. thing, uh, just because you know I think it's, it's something that Symphony's missed. I mean, uh, it's nice to be able to see, you know, a, a, a way out of that. I mean, it's not ideal for mm-hmm. everybody. I appreciate that, but like I think I don't know what the example Fabian gave was it twenty admin generators or something, yep. and you know it, the lists for some things are endless. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a good thing. You know, it's not shutting down the others but you know especially uh something like something uh that sensio and symphony can lend a little bit more weight to in terms of support and you know i mm-hmm. mean it, that, that would really help me make decisions if i was in a larger company make it work in a larger product yeah if i could say well look if we use this package it's you know it's one of the recommended ones therefore it's going to have some or to me it's going to have more longevity more possible sort of support from other people and that kind mm-hmm. of thing so yeah, I think it's really positive, and I, and I like the way it's shaping up. I've, like I say, I've only read the blog post and, and mm-hmm. briefly skimmed through a couple of the screencasts and stuff, but yeah, looks great. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, the stuff that I'm excited about go along with uh, one of the talks that I've been giving that we've talked about before on the container, uh, auto-wiring containers. Um, Symphony's container is getting a huge boost uh, with Symphony uh, with Symphony 3.3 that I think is going to make a huge difference. And you can even see it in some of the, the 
the the Flex apps, um, like the 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 skeleton container configuration for a, a Symphony Flex application uh, is essentially going to let you not have to do any configuration at all. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll be able to add Twig extensions, like if you you could write your own Twig extensions, you could write your own controllers, your own commands, um, and in many cases, not have to even touch. Uh, the, the container at all. You'll just be able to write the classes and they'll just work, which is just amazing. I'm super excited for that because um, it's not just going to be, you know, the awesome DX that comes with auto wiring, but it's going to be the, the, the performance as well. They've, they've found a way uh, to make it work with compiler passes and everything so that if you dump a compiled container, you're still going to be able to leverage um, all of the auto wiring stuff and still get the performance that you would get from the Symphony container. Yeah, so my understand we talked about this before how, you know, how awesome it'd be to mm-hmm. to auto wire something up and compile it. But yeah, I mean so I, I assume they're gonna be scanning the source directory or something and effectively compiling auto wiring for everything. Yep. Yeah. So basically you're gonna specify a PSR four root, uh, so like a class name. Um or PSR for class name prefix. I can't remember the technical names for them. Uh, but then you can specify a list of resource directories to scan um, so that you can say, uh, you know, uh, app slash uh, is the prefix. And you can say dot dot slash SRC slash. And then uh, I think it's curly brackets, uh, twig, comma, controller, comma, command, comma. Um, and then all of the things that you would, um, all of the directories that you want scanned. And any of those will automatically be scanned to see which classes are in there. Uh, it'll automatically create services whose key is the class name. Uh, so you don't have to worry about service IDs or anything along those lines. Um, and then there's a, a new thing that they're adding called auto configure um, that will gives a little bit more um, power to um, bundle creators uh, that add tags. Uh, it works for other things as well, but for tagging especially, um, what it, what it can do is look at each of those classes, do reflection, um, and then, then you can set up... Um, listeners for instance of. So you can say anything that's an instance of uh, container aware uh, will automatically get tagged with, you know, or will automatically have the tag uh, container injected. Um, anything that uh, extends, you know, a twig extension will automatically get the the twig, the, uh, the twig tags on it so that they'll be picked up. So they're leveraging the stuff that was already there, uh, but, but making it a little bit smarter uh, because it's one of the things that, you know, Symphony, you know, a lot of the configuration was just wiring it up, but also remembering to make sure you put the right tags on everything, you know, security voters and all of that. You know, if you're extending a security voter uh, and you're picked up automatically and auto configure is enabled for that uh, for that package, it'll automatically get registered as a security voter. So it's, it's going to be really cool for DX, I think. Yeah, it, it sounds really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm like I say, I'm, I'm pleased that they're sort of moving and uh, expect, well, it starts with experiments and then, you know, things mm-hmm. get further and further and snowball and uh, it looks like we're actually starting to really make some changes and sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. I think auto wiring, the, the very first service auto wiring dropped with Symphony 2.8. Um, and then, it, it really wasn't that useful. Um, I didn't think, uh, but it was, it was the start of this. And then since then, people have been building, um, ext- uh, like third party bundles to try and f- play with some of these different ideas. Um, and now after what I think has been two years since 2.8 came out, um, they're, they're finally getting into Symphony 3.3, um, as like Symphony Core. So it's pretty cool to see, like, even what's happened since, uh, SymphonyCon, you know, some of these things were already in the work, uh, but now they're like actually committed and you can actually test them out. 
out if you use the 3.3 uh, development branches. And I guess they have a beta now, so you can even start using uh, Symphony 3.3 beta to get some of these really awesome features. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I actually had a chance to um, talk with uh, Nicholas, uh, or actually Nicola. <laughs> I found out after all these years that you don't actually pronounce the S in his in his first name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Nicola and I got to talk with uh, Ryan Weaver and spend some time talking with Fabian about a bunch of this stuff uh, when we were at DrupalCon. So uh, we actually had some like in-person meetings and it was kind of nice to be able to have that sort of face-to-face thing with uh, different people who are kind of pushing on different aspects of these things. So it was, it's, you know, I, I feel like it's a pretty exciting time for, for Symphony. Um, and I feel like I'm, I'm more excited to actually do more stuff with Symphony. I actually have a Flex app created just to to play around with just to see how some of these things work and it seems like it's going to be pretty cool yeah definitely it's definitely one to watch um and uh, if you haven't been if you're listening and you haven't been looking at uh, fabian's been he's been putting out quite a few blog posts haven't I? I think it's been maybe three or four um it's worth yeah. running through the series to to get an insight into what he's thinking as he does stuff and what the rest of the symphony team is thinking as they do stuff and seeing how it's all coming together yeah yeah it's pretty cool uh, so how about you? What have you been up to? Technology-wise, uh, not a whole lot of interesting stuff. Um, we've been playing around making a, a, a skill for Alexa. I, I hate calling them skills. It, it's really annoying. <laughs> I know why Amazon do it. Well, I think I think I assume Amazon like wanted to own it in a way. Mm. Like, I like I say Alexa app. That's what I feel like we've been building. It's a, it's an app that runs on Alexa, not a mm. not a skill. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's almost like, you know, I mean app and app store is so synonymous with iOS. I know we have Android apps as well, but mm-hmm. you know, we call it the Google Play Store, don't we, rather than the the App Store. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um yep. so I, I figured maybe Amazon decided to do to do that to sort of create a brand or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's been kind of interesting to have, have a play around with and it's it's kind of gimmicky it's not really good it's going to be basically um i think you have to say launch childcare search first unless mm. you change the like thing but whatever you do like it's and it's uh find me a babysitter for saturday night and i'll mm. ask you what time would you like it for and you just say 8 p.m and it goes to our api searches for babysitters and starts reading out their profiles to you and then if you'd like to it'll say would you like to send them a message inquiring about their availability or would you like to hear the next one mm-hmm. it's really basic but we're kind of hoping it'll be and so in fact we're doing it with um a contractor well he's not really a contract well, he is a contractor uh, but he approached us asking about doing it because he wanted to enter it into his uh, competition uh, devpost.com I think it is um, and we were all for it but uh, we 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 only really wanted to make sure uh, the IP was ours the intellectual mm. property so we're working sort of with him rather than him just doing it on his own using our API uh, so yeah so it's been quite cool that's um, interesting yeah, I'm trying to think what I mean. As part of that, I've had to sort of up my up my learning a little bit. Um, I've had to implement OAuth for the first time <laughs> on the server. I've done client stuff before, mm-hmm. but I had to do it on the server. And to be honest, it was quite a breeze. I uh, I used Laravel's Passport as sort of a guided implementation, mm-hmm. and the documentation for the League OAuth server, OAuth two servers, pretty good. Uh, so I've used that. Um, the only thing that was sort of a bit of a bugbear for me was that it's all it's all really nicely set up for PSR seven mm-hmm. uh, request responses, but of course I'm Symphony and 
Uh, I don't have anything magical installed, like you know, like the magical bridge that does it in Symphony proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I had to juggle from a Symphony request to a PSR seven request, give it to the uh, League OAuth stuff. And then I get a PSR seven response back, and I have to convert that back to a symphony response and send that. But other than that, I think it was uh, pretty smooth and quite cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah I've, I th- I want to say that I had a PSR seven middleware that did OAuth. Uh, PSR seven. Let's see if there's one API clients PSR seven OAuth one. I can't remember. Someone took it over for me. Yeah. Um, uh, there is uh, one. There is one yeah, with the Weary Haximus uh, uh, took it over um, for me. So yeah, there's a PSR seven OAuth. So I think it's a server, but anyway, um, it must not rate very high on the uh, the searches if it didn't come up yet. I don't know. I just knew mm-hmm. that the league had one, and yeah. the guy the guy wrote it. I've known he's pretty clued up on the OL stuff, so I figured it'd yeah. be a good one to go with. Cool. Uh, so, so that was interesting, and I've uh, adopted JSON API despite not really liking it that much. But not liking it, kind of. Yeah, I just, I just hate these deep nested structures. You know, I, I love APIs like Stripe, where you ask for like an invoice or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and the top level of what you get back is the invoice stuff, like all yep. of it. Yep. Whereas JSON API, like to get to that stuff, you'd probably have to go to data attributes or something like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I think we talked about that on IRC that that I liked it for the most part, but there were just some little gotchas that bugged me. Like they, they had reserved keys that you couldn't use in attributes because they were used in the top level, yet you couldn't put your stuff in the top level. I think it was ID and type were, the t- were two keys that if you put those in the attributes, because they could potentially be top level keys, it just arbitrarily decided you shouldn't be able to do that, which just seemed ridiculous to me. The The payload, since it's in its own data structure, should have been able to contain whatever you want. Um, yeah. It just, I, it I'm taking kind of it with a, with a pinch of salt because there's no way, like, all the features are going to work forever in, mm-hmm. like, in terms of, unless you've got using some framework that's so embedded, it's in your, embedded in your framework and, and your ORM and everything to make mm-hmm. all of the includes work really well and then and that yeah. kind of thing. I'm not, but as long as I'm using the basics to sort of define the basic structure of the payload is all I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And I'm using um, Swagger as well to uh, define it, which is all fairly new to me. Mm. How's that working be, out? I, I like that. It's a bit of a pain. It, well, it's more of a pain now I'm using JSON API because <laughs> you're writing the YAML file and, you know, for every level of indentation in your payload, you've you've got extra because you've got to give the in Swaggy. You'd have to tell what type it is. So mm-hmm. for the data part of the payload, I'd have to say the name is data, the type is an object, its properties are, and then go another level deeper and carry on going and like that. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. Um, I, I've got it all working. So the Swagger UI, I've got that hosted on a, just on an S3 bucket. Mm-hmm. And from the, the UI, you can do an OAuth implicit grant thing to authorize and then try out all of the API calls in the in the documentation mm, cool. against the live server. So that's kind of cool. Um what else about it do I like? I, I like it that I've just been taking the time to design the APIs, the endpoints, before mm-hmm. I start writing them. Yeah. Uh, it's worked so far in communicating with the guy who's writing the Alexa app uh, and making mm-hmm. the calls of the API. Uh, I should add that this is the effectively the third 
HTTP API um, for the, the, the platform. Mm. And I decided to start afresh with this one and I'm trying to double down as in this is the one that will replace the other two Yeah, eventually. Thankfully, uh, none of the clients for these APIs are public, so I'm in control of all of them in a way. Kind of, you know, we've got mobile apps that use them and obviously, particularly with Android, where the upgrade or updating apps is a lot slower than iOS. Uh, with iOS, like, I think if we push a new version of our iOS app out, I think within a day, 80% of upgrade updated already, um, mm. at least, because iOS does it automatically now, I think, doesn't it? Without asking you I'm or anything, sure. it just does it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's much slower with Android, so I'd have to go on supporting the older APIs for a little while at least. Mm. But yeah, I'm pleased with it so far. It's working so far, so you're all good. Cool. Yeah, I just double checked this uh, PHP API client thing that I pushed out, and it's actually client side. So it's, if you have a client, even if you have a PSR seven client, uh, it can uh, do OAuth. Uh, it can sign the requests, so it's not going right, to be. It's, yeah. it's not the server side. So um, yeah. Well, uh, so do you have an Alexa? Yes, I do. Uh, unfortunately, it's downstairs. It's been a bit annoying as I've been working because <laughs> I've now and then I have to pick up my laptop and go downstairs to have a play and stuff. But yeah, yeah we've got an Echo, the the, the big Echo. Uh, mm-hmm. We have it in the kitchen, and it's we just it's great for playing the music. Um, mm-hmm. I don't faff about too much with the the other skills and stuff, but mm-hmm. it it's really nice just to be able to ask it to play some music and yeah. off you go, you know. Yeah, um, my mom got me an Echo Dot for Christmas, so we 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 have it upstairs. And Becca's kind of creeped out by it. Like, is there anyone in your family that's kind of creeped out by it? Uh, I don't think so. No, creeped no. out like as in the the all seeing eye, as in yeah, yeah. The it's, it's always on. Listen. It's always recording. Like we'll be upstairs talking with Luke about something, and all of a sudden we'll hear Alexa say something like, "Oh, I cannot find anything about that." Or, mm. "Sure, here's this. I'll play this for you." And it's like well, we weren't talking to her. <laughs> so we're not even in the same room, and she's picking up what we're saying. You know, upstairs. It's kind of oh yeah, kind of bizarre. Yeah, no, I get that. I think. Uh I'm I'm sort of um I can understand why people are a bit concerned. I mean there are people who, you know, cover their cam webcams on their uh, laptop, mm-hmm. don't they? With a bit of yeah. sticky tape and stuff like that and uh and yeah. I'm like a bit like God I'm so different from that. I, I think I understand their concerns. I just never really think I don't do I say anything valuable enough? Maybe I do. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I'm almost so, sort of intrigued as to what they are doing with that stuff. You know, how, how impressive yeah. must that software be to be listening to everything I say in the kitchen, yeah. all the inane conversations I have and filtering through that. And it sounds oh, kind of awesome. Man. All right. Well, let's, let's take it to the next level then. How would you feel about Echo Look? I don't know. Um, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it's it's pretty much the same thing, except now it's just watching you. <laughs> yeah, I, right? I mean, I'm trying to think of where my echo is at the minute in the kitchen. It just, I mean, you'd have a pretty pretty boring view of like, yeah the kitchen table, and I mean, it depends. It depends on the lens, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah. what's what's the lens like? If it, unless it's like got some sort of super wide angle lens, you won't be able to see a whole lot on mine a yeah. lot of the time. But mm-hmm. to be honest, I think. I think the voice is probably scarier than the looking, you know, because they're not going to learn too much from looking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from a from a government sort of spying yeah. scenario, are they? The voice is more likely to hear and act mm-hmm. upon rather than, you know, so, but, but yeah, I, I, it'd be interesting to see what the look, um, 
Because the guy who's uh, been working with us with the Alexa app, he works for uh, Assos.com. I don't know if I don't know if you'll have heard of them, but it's a fairly big uh, clothing brand in the UK. Or not hmm. not clothing brand, but retailer, online retailer. Mm. So that whole thing that they launched with the look of, you know, how it's like, what do I look like? To, how do my clothes look or something, isn't it? And yeah. they send it off to, they've got artificial intelligence mm-hmm. that'll tell you what you should, whether you, which which outfit you should wear or something. And he said that was quite in, interesting to him, obviously, being in yeah. his line of work. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting that assos.com, as far as I know, like when they first started out, it started off assos was as seen on screen. Mm. Um, and you used to be able to buy things uh, like articles of clothing that had been worn in movies or TV and stuff like that. Like so you could I, James Bond tuxedo sort of thing. Well, I specifically got a pair of the sunglasses that uh, Blade wore in the first movie. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's, what I, that's why I remember the site as being as seen on screen. And I think uh-huh. slowly it sort of morphed into a... It, it was a good niche for them to have, but it, for them to grow to any kind of significance, they sort of branched out and started just doing in the style of clothes. Yeah. So it was no longer the actual mm-hmm. exact same model brand right. that was worn. It was like in the style of, and then it, I think it snowballed from there to just they just sell clothes now. I don't think there's, and they mm. don't mention any sort of association with films or TV yeah. or anything like that. So mm. quite interesting. Unless either that or it's a completely separate company. Maybe it is, and I've just made that. Hmm, maybe. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I've never, I don't remember anything exactly like that, like seeing anything like that. So I don't know if that was like something big in the UK or I just totally missed it. Mm. Probably just a UK thing. Mm. Um, so I've actually got to go soon. Um, I know that there's some, some things that we want to talk about. Um, like you, I think we'd like to hear more about your, your auto trader bot thing. So maybe we could talk about that next time. Um, I've actually moved uh, studios again, so I've got a stand-up desk, and I'm pretty excited to talk about some of those things. Uh, do you have other things that you you want to tease out for our next episode? Sure thing. Um, Rebecca and I have been we're back on a bit of a health drive, mm-hmm. so so tomorrow will mark five weeks oh, wow. on doing an exercise regime and a diet regime as well. I say diets like. Um, it's like all based on just this one recipe book. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll talk about it more next time. But yeah, five weeks. I'm quite pleased. I'm not doing terribly well in terms of losing weight. I've lost a little, little mm-hmm. bit. But five weeks is a big deal for. Yeah, you know, we just stuck at it for five weeks, and so cool. yeah, let's talk about that next time. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I've also been. Uh, uh, I've changed the way that I'm doing the bullet journaling stuff. Um, so oh, yeah. I know that's something that we've talked about a few times on here. So I'd like to follow up on that too, because I'm pretty happy with, with, with the direction that's been going. I kind of went from having, uh, different, different journals, different virtual journals to, uh, everything in one. So it'd be kind of fun to, to share how that's working out too. Yeah, cool. Let's do that then. Cool. All right. Well, since, uh, this is the first time in a while, I guess we'll keep this one pretty short and call this one a wrap. You've been listening to That Podcast with Bo and Dave. You can find Bo on Twitter and Google Plus at Bo Simonson and Dave on Twitter at Dave Development. You can subscribe to this podcast and review it on iTunes. If you'd like to review us but don't feel like we've earned five stars, email us so that we can talk about your issues. You can also subscribe to this podcast with RSS from our website, thatpodcast.io. 
From our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter to get super secret extra content from Bo and Dave sent directly to your inbox. Like the music? You can thank Gorillo for allowing us to sample the track Dust Kingdom for our intro and outro. You can find Dust Kingdom and other tracks by Grillo at grillo.bandcamp.com, spelled G-R-I-L-L-O. 